0: adidas keep the text coming I'm, I, I told you I was gonna I think I need to just before we go to Dallas Aikens I think I need to uh, clarify something Bob is it true the Oilers don't have a scout in the OHL that was wild for me coming out of that presser yesterday um would make sense why the Oilers haven't typically drafted from that league during Ken's tenure. That one comes to us from Mitch and the greater who also wants to know, do you see the Oilers upgrading and investing more in their research and development department this off season? All right, here's what happened. They had a scout. Keith Gretzky brought in a fellow by the name of Andrew Shaw, who had previously worked with the Columbus blue jackets. He scouted, uh, and was based in Ontario. Um, Tyler Wright took over the amateur scouting, and at some point, Andrew Shaw was no longer with the organization. Uh, unfortunately, a couple of years later, Andrew ended up passing away, I believe, from uh, a heart ailment. Um, I personally am of the... Now, I, I'm I'm going to tell you that the orders have had different scouts go into Ontario, and... Uh, be there. Ken mentioned yesterday he'd like Ken Holland, this whole thing started because Ken Holland said, look, we'd like to uh, uh, hire uh, a scout in Ontario. I'm of the belief that the OHL, the WHL, Sweden, and Finland are areas that the Oilers need to excel in. We've seen with some American players playing the NCAA free agency card, case in point John Marino, uh, that you can end up missing. I think that uh, for if you look at the historical success of the Oilers organization, they seem to do the best out of the OHL, the WHL, uh, Sweden, and Finland. So I would emphasize those areas. As for investing more in research and development, if you're talking analytics and that sort of thing, I would expect that that would be coming. A guy that tried to uh, implement a little bit of that is going to join us right now. He's our Oilers now, Henlander today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome back to the show former Edmonton Oilers and Anaheim Ducks head coach, and more recently doing work with the uh, NHL hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet. We welcome back to the show Dallas Akins. Hi, Dallas, how you doing? Doing excellent, Bob. Must be a slow day if you're having me on.
1: <laughs> what do you saying? There's no love for you out there, or what? <laughs> we well, uh, there. There's a lot there's lots of love in my uh in my uh, home i was uh, in toronto for two weeks uh just having a dream job there with hockey night in canada so a long time away from the family and uh at, at least they love me here
0: yeah you know what well you have that going for you because they don't love me in the stoffer household they were actually hoping that the Oilers would continue their playoff run so i'd be on the road some more so it is all yeah, about perspective usually- That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Uh, How did you find your experience on Hockey Night in Canada? How did that go for you?
1: Well, it's unbelievable. Like going, it's one of those. When I think about my first thoughts about hockey or my first memory is, you know, when my adoptive dad uh, moved me to Canada uh, when I was eight. We we moved to Peterborough, Ontario. And uh we lived in uh my my grandmother's uh basement and uh my my first recollection of hockey is road hockey and watching hockey night in canada and so to be so to be on uh hockey night in Canada was uh you know extremely fun rewarding but it always had been a dream like at first it was hey i wanted to be interviewed as a player because i had such a great game and yeah. and obviously uh uh that didn't happen um <laughs> but to be on there and to walk out with one of those towels was was awesome and I, and i just thought it was great for a a kid that was born in Dade City Florida, Florida very rural single mom uh and and to end up there i i, I think it was uh, a great reminder that you can really do anything uh, in this life.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, it's funny because I know there's a perception out there that some see you as, quote-unquote, a Toronto guy. Peterborough isn't Toronto, is it?
1: Uh, no, I think Peterborough is more... Well, I'm very close with the uh, the Lindens. alright? I'm kind of like the fourth Linden boy. And... Uh, I would say that uh Peterborough is closer to medicine hat ish um maybe l- less wear and tear weather wise but yeah i hey i lived uh i lived two lives i, I lived a very rural backwards life in Florida uh, in a trailer dodging water moccasins and uh alligators and then when my adoptive dad uh moved me to canada um I, I lived a totally
0: different life so very grateful for that. And, uh, yeah, Peterborough is not Toronto. <laughs> I can tell you that. Now, Dallas, it, it, I, I did have to chuckle uh, because you were on the panel with Kevin Bieksa, and I recall when you first became the Oilers coach, uh, you were doing an availability, and Biexa went walking by at GM Place, and you gave him a little bit of a shot, but you were joking, and I was kind of like... Did you just do Like, you, you, because you, you've, you've had this, uh, you and BX, you guys were teammates, were you not? In the minors at one point, in the, was it in the Vancouver? Where, were where did you cross paths with BX before, uh, you were coaching in the NHL and he was, uh, playing, where he was a significant player for the Canucks?
1: Yeah. Uh, so my very last year I played, uh, I, I, I played for the Manitob- Manitoba Moose there, um, Uh, I was the captain, I was the oldest guy, Um, and Biexa came in once his college season was over, and so they put me with him right away, we were partners, Um, and then I just really kept an eye on him his whole career, he's uh, just one hell of a kid. Um, obviously, you know, super quick on his feet, excellent hockey player, good family man. Tough. He has a lot of fun there on, on Hockey Night in Canada. He, he's very good at it.
0: Yeah, and he, yeah, so how'd you find it with, uh, and, and you're working with Elliot, and I've got, as you know, Elliot and Frank Cervali on my show, and I think they're two of the most plugged-in men in the business right now. Uh, so, so it must have been a pretty cool experience for you to be with Elliot as well.
1: Yeah, well, Elliot's got problems with screen time. I I kept bringing that up to him, and he is good at it because he is constantly on his phone, on his computer. You know, it it really never stops. And, you know, to be there with, you know, legendary Ron McClain, Kelly Rudy was awesome, Jen Botterell was great. Um, And and then going back and forth with with Kevin was uh, lots of fun. I I will say this, the the first few couple of days that I I had to – R- really be cognizant of uh, uh, like I'm not a coach right now and because you're so guarded as a coach you don't want to say anything you don't want to criticize anyone you don't want to predict anything like man it 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 took a some you know real thoughtfulness to go hey you know just kind of lean in here and be yourself and not worry so much about what you're going to say or what you're going to predict
0: uh, Give me your assessment on why the Vegas Golden Knights beat the Edmonton Oilers in the best of seven series in six games. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations, Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart.
0: With our fighting spirit,
1: we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Well, I said it a few days ago on a podcast. And it's, uh, I just think, like, I'll tell you what, Mr. Hall in there has got that team set up really, really well. He, he's going to have multiple darts at that bullseye. You just don't want one of them. But I, I think they just ran into a better team. And what I mean—that that's not a character thing, anything like that. Like, but the Vegas depth, uh, to for me, was greater, and and their depth at five-on-five five play, um, I, I just thought it was a significant ad- advantage for them, and uh, I I think that's what paid off in the end. Uh, I I do think the Oilers had some bad luck uh, as well. Like when I think back to the series, like that, uh who is was a kid that took the the, the penalty? Uh, on Eichel uh, game so, g- game five so, backside call from Kazari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. So I, I see what he sees, but then at the very least, that should have been for me evened up. It's four on four because Eichel was holding him too, and then you. Uh, you don 't get put into that five on three penalty right? right like and I'm just looking at it going it's amazing, like I love to argue with people that like, oh, you, you know what you make your own luck there's no luck in hockey, and I'm like you know you're full of crap there you you can have good luck and you can have bad luck in in hockey and and I thought that was just some bad luck that. One official saw something. He didn't see the other part of it. It doesn't seem like a big deal. You just got to kill off the penalty, and then, bam, there's a high-sticking one that they can't turn their head away from, and then, boom, it's in your net. So, between the five-on-five play and and some bad luck, and obviously Hill, you know, putting on a performance there in game game,
0: So.
1: The goalie's, uh, you know, another one for me is the goalie's got to win you one game in these series. He's got to do it on his own. And, yep. and that was the one for
0: him. We're joined by Dallas Akins. Dallas, uh, I know we have, you know, we have David Staples' call to hockey on the show, and he referenced a bit of the exchange. Uh, there was a lot of exasperation in oil country. Uh, I mean, I tweeted about it as well. I knew they were going to even up the call. In my opinion, you know, all right, fine. You're going to, like, they rescinded two instigator uh, minors in the final five minutes during the regular season, they ended up overturning those and rescinded those. The only two that there were, they did not rescind the one on Nurse, and then a one-game suspension for Petrangelo. And you said all along it was going to be a uh, one-game suspension for Petrangelo. Do you think those two calls should have been evened up?
1: Well, I don't, like, I kind of see it a different way, Bob. Like, one has nothing to do with the other. And it's okay. too bad they both happened in the same game because everybody wants to go, like, I, and I get it. It's like, well, that instigator carries the same weight as that slash. And, well, yeah, it, it, it does. And, but I'm trying to explain this the right way. So the nurse thing, I wasn't sure which way that was going to go. Like, for me, if, uh, I, I, I know the narrative there was, hey, they asked the, they were going to fight off the face-off but they didn't. And if you're going to fight off the face-off, then just fight off the face-off so no one has an advantage. But Darnell, who I love dearly, uh, I've really kept an eye on him uh, o- over the years. You know, he traveled from the blue line all the way in, so the fight happens. It, it's in the books, as it... I don't love the that instigator thing anymore. It's It's kind of served its purpose for me. Uh, back when guys were grabbing guys and just beating the snot out of them, yeah, you, we don't have that really in our game anymore. So I'm not even sure why we still have it in the rule book. But and then to the slash, like the slash for me, it looked bad. Um, it wasn't like a, it, it was kind of like a backwards chop. And but the thing that I, I, I thought hurt the Oilers was how friggin tough and a beast Dryshtitel is. And he got up and he, he was going by the bench, and I'm watching on the monitors, and like he's giving it to the bench. And it was almost like saying, You can't hurt me. You can't hurt me. I'm good. And I almost thought that maybe hurt it. But in the end, like you go into those things, those hearings are interesting, and, and everyone has to remember that's what it is it's a hearing. So I'm sure Vegas went in and were showing, hey, here are the chops our guys are taking. Here's the cross-check uh, by by Kane to
0: uh, Peter
1: uh, Angelo's face. Here's all this stuff. And it's the playoffs. And I, I, I just thought, hey, I I think this is going to be a minimum. I think it's going to be a minimum one. And I've talked to a couple of guys that you know uh, used to play back in the day who were Top tier players, and and they were laughing. They're saying, "Man, I- I'm
0: not even sure he would have got a, a two minutes oh, no, 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 penalty no. in 1985." There's no question about that. Like there, there's no debate about. It. So just to clarify, because I think Kevin had some fun with you with, hey, you're looking for a job with NHL with the NHL. The guys you know out of Peterborough, the Peterborough, they're. Affectionately, or not so affectionately, though, as the Peterborough Mafia, they don't actually have any adjudication process in any of the suspensions. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. And so here, here's where that started. So the, like Kevin says to me, so I was being a, a, a smart aleck back at uh, Kevin going, hey, all you guys said two games, three games. I said one. Looks like I got it right. So I was having some fun, and then he chirped back at me about the league's not uh, hiring. You know, uh, you, you don't have to say that they got it right. So we were just having fun, okay. number one. And then number two, that's correct. You know what? The the I, I played – I was so fortunate to play for my hometown junior team and two guys that are still to this day my best friends in the world, and it really shows you the, the value of uh, – the relationships that you have in junior are chris king and kay whitmore okay. Kay whitmore looks after the goaltending side weighs in on some uh, uh you know he, he's there watching the games at night chris king uh does all the the you know when they go to the situation room that's his job. those guys have no say they have zero they're, they don't even get contacted about uh suspensions uh, suspensions it, that's that's George and his guys in uh in in, in New York so All right. um I so the whole play it's you know what's been amazing to me I think it's been awesome. Like, I love the debate on, man, was that a penalty? I love the debate on, was that a suspension? I love the debate on, like, oh, the draft, it's, you know, it's conspiracy. They don't want this team to get it. They want this one to get it. Like, I I think it makes for great interest on the game. And I think you just got to learn to take it for what it's worth.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, the instigator role, I recall, and I was working on ITV Sports Night in 1990 uh, with Darren Detition at the time, but the New York Islanders were playing the New York Rangers, and somebody got blown up on the Islanders late in the game, and the Islanders sent out the bomber in McVicota. And Chris King and Blomberg was his name were on the ice and the islanders were circling around like sharks before the faceoff and they jumped those guys right off the draw. And that's just how it was back in nineteen ninety. And that's why you needed the instigator, because the Blomberg I think maybe his name was Jeff Blomberg. He he wanted no part of fighting uh, you know, the bomber or Mick Vakota. And Chris King, who was a good he was a middleweight. Is that fair Dallas? Middleweight, light late heavyweight maybe for Chris King. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he, light heavy, yeah. Yeah, he, I mean he's he's having to take a fight with a heavyweight at Daniel game. So, there you have it. So Edmonton ultimately lost the series in 6. What's um for you when you look at the Florida Panthers and what happened with the Toronto Maple Leafs? Cuz you you know, you came from the Maple Leafs to the Oilers. You spent the last 8 years in the Ducks organization. Um what's the bigger disappointment do you think? Because I think it's for I'm serious about this. Toronto winning this series and beating Tampa, it's a good team that they beat. Yeah, they got beat by I mean, they only went 1-5 and five at home in the playoffs They won three games in overtime in, Toronto, in Tampa. That's a major accomplishment For Edmonton, I think they had bigger plans than beyond this series which market do you think's feeling um uh, you know the Ken Holland used the word devastated about 39 times yesterday which team do you think is more devastated with the loss Toronto or Edmonton
1: Well I think they're both equally and I, and I can tell you this like being in the the studio the studio in hockey night in Canada like man the people talking about the possible Edmonton Toronto Stanley Cup final like that was fun to be in there and listening to it and and being a part of it because that would have just been incredible uh you know for the game. You know when I when I look at the Toronto series it's kind of the same to me and it's the like team and you know how how the the 5 on 5 play and, and the the team that uh Florida had was able to outdo some of the superstars that that toronto had but like the the thing for me is i i'm not sure edmonton and, and this is me living in southern california looking from far away so give me some grace uh, i don't think edmonton needs to do much it's like i said earlier mr holland he's got himself probably four or five darts there not just okay i've got one dart i've got to hit the bullseye this is our year to win like you know that team could have you know, they could have won the Cup this year. They're, they're going to be in it next year. They're going to be in it the year uh, after that, and that's fun to watch. Now, in Toronto, the appetite's different. Like there, I do think they're probably going to have to change out uh, a player or two, and it might be difficult because it might be a larger name in their group, and sometimes that's a challenge to do. Um, the, the other thing, I, I think the Oilers really understand how they play as a team. They've probably got to tweaked their five-on-five uh, defense a little bit. Yep. Uh, the two games that yep. they won against Vegas, they limited them to one goal, right? Like, you know, that. I think that really stood out to me. Where Toronto, it's, it's a little different. I think they're trying to figure out, okay, what, time, what type of team are we? Like, how do we want to win games? And they certainly have got some big guns there to do it. Um, I still think they could have won that series as well. Uh, with a little bit of luck, um, and so both series to me were very, very similar. Like it was, you know, I was talking to BX about it. Like it's amazing when we the both games were on at the same uh, on the same night. I'm like, man, it, it the, these games are so similar, and that's not often the the case when you're. Watching two different series.
0: Well, Toronto, fourteen goals in their final seven playoff games, and the Oilers gave up too many goals against. Uh, they changed a little bit of their five-e-five uh, defensively. It was really more of a three. By the way, are you a do? You pl- are you more of a a man defense guy, or or do you play a modified man within a zone, Dallas? I'm trying to recall. Well,
1: there's three ways to do it now. Well, maybe four. But the so there's like a team like Carolina. Like They are full-on man-on-man as soon as the motion gets going. Yep. They, if that puck dies in a corner, they're, they're going to pack five guys tight. Uh, you play the Boston Bruins, and that is a total zone thing. Those D-man aren't going above the uh, the hash marks. They're right. always going to have a D-man in front. The center plays side-to-side. Uh, side. And then there's a, a takeoff on that where it's basically Boston's uh, system down low, but if there's any motion, like as soon as somebody starts walking up the wall, um, there's a D down the wall, uh, all of this crossing, then you just quickly go to man-on-man until the puck gets reset low, and and then you get back to your structure. So The third one was what we were doing our best to employ in uh, uh, Anaheim. Uh, Obviously, the Bruins uh, have had great success for a long time with theirs. Carolina, does a, a a great job with them but the biggest thing is you, you just got to look at i think you got to look at your defense and your sentiment and go okay what is best for our team and you know the, I, and i'm sure that's what the the, the coaching staff and management is, is gonna Do. look at this summer Absolutely.
0: Hey Dallas, great stuff. Appreciate having you on. And uh we'll see I'm gonna be we're gonna be interested to keep uh an eye on you here in the near 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 future and don't be surprised if we try to reach out a couple more times in the summer. Well, I got no job, so I'm always available to you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dallas. That is uh, the former head coach of the Edmonton Oilers and the Anaheim Ducks, uh, most recently <laughs> with Hockey Night in Canada, uh, Dallas Akins. We are going to uh, do this. Uh, we are going to go into Protect the Net, brought to you all season, or during the season by Solve Cybersecurity. Stay ahead of cyber threats with a team that you can trust. Visit so1ve.io. Hugh Porter and the gang at Solve Cybersecurity. And uh, we're going to talk about goaltending, protect the net, and Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner. We gave you the numbers. They both won over 20 games uh, last, this past season. Guess what? I think they both need to win over 20 games next season as well because I think they need to split the start. Uh, we're going to get to our player and uh, team evaluations when we come back in our number three of Oilers now. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn.